0: you guys just got back from an event uh with a special partner of ours eberly stock the event was called out there unfortunately i missed it and look at that obviously you've got great great merch from them but um you know i was out flying yesterday and i was actually using the eberly stock as part of the the kind of search and rescue ruck and it was pretty sweet i couldn't tell you which one it was because they have because i've got a couple of them but like these guys have got an enormous lineup of products, whether it's military, Molly, uh, law enforcement, or just overall hiking and camping. Um, I like some of their tech apparel too; is pretty freaking sweet. What did you guys experience out there?
1: Oh man, out there was the world's best thing. So Everly Stock has great everyday use stuff as well. Like not only the hunting things, they just released their brand new Tactical Advantage Recon Modular Harness System. It's it's essentially changing the way that people carry when they go bow hunting or they, when they're in the backcountry, but the everyday stuff is the stuff that I like the best. Like their Switchblade backpack, that's my everyday go-to backpack. Um, the Bando bag is actually a low viz. It looks like a fanny pack, except it's badass and you can conceal carry in it. It's amazing. Like That's probably my favorite part um, of their new lineup is they have everyday stuff that helps you conceal carry because Hey man, they're proud Americans and supporters um, of America in general. Over at Everly Stock, they're just a group of great Americans. So go over to everlystock.com and check out their full lineup. The technical apparel is amazing. Hey, the summer is great. It's summer now, but guess what happens after summer? It's time for those hunts and time to get some winter on. And, and if you're going to be out in the back country, you're going to need some Everly Stock stuff.
2: Yeah, it's a it, the Glenn Everly is a, a former Olympian. Air Force veteran, so like the 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 company is built on innovation and a love for our country and, you know, veterans and everything else like that. So you see that in the products is it's always pushing the envelope to get better and better and uh, listening to, and we, we saw it when we were out there, they listen to the feedback from the field. Like the guys overseas, when they come back, they say, hey, this was great. You might want to work on this just a little bit. So uh, they support us. Uh, they support all the vets and all the LEO folks out there. They're super patriotic. And they're super innovative. So uh, I've used their stuff for a lot of years, and it's it's fantastic. Can't recommend it enough. Absolutely. Yeah, so fantastic. Go check them
0: out, eberlystock.com. Use the promo code OR10. That's OR10. Uh, get a sweet discount. And then, again, check out some of their stuff. The F1 mainframe. I just can't speak enough about them. Good stuff. Keep doing the Heck great yeah. work you guys are doing, actually.
1: <laughs> yeah, for real. And that that uh, the Everyday Carry... Man, go, go poke around that everyday carry tab and that everyday carry um, lineup. That's my favorite, man. Low-vis stuff for you to, for you to use. And for a paranoid guy like me, it makes me feel a lot more comfortable. And <laughs> Everly Stock made it fashionable for me to be paranoid. So shout out. Thank you.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Ones Ready Podcast. You've got Trent and I. And I'm not sure if anybody actually recognizes who's on the third screen. You're kind of a nobody. Um, I mean – if we're gonna be honest, just, uh, just a
3: lifelong E4 Tack P. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I never grew E4 up mafia let's be for life, baby. <laughs> Even when they did give me promotions, well, I still r- refused to grow up. <laughs>
0: <yeah>. <laughs> well, we've got uh, Jared Taylor from Black Rifle Coffee Company, uh, but really, you're not known for that. You're known for being a Tack P.
3: That's yes, absolutely. That's what you are. Or the most no. vocal tacp i guess i mean i was like the first tacp on social media <laughs> where where well, every well, yeah, that everybody like might be the only tacp like, that was like my space they were like you have to get off get off that fucking thing get off of it <laughs> that
0: like that was a legitimate thing. It, that was social media is the devil, and you should not be outspoken, and you should be a quiet professional and not talk about anything that you do or the community. Which that has served us so well, so well. I uh, I was arguing
3: that point in the early two thousands when they were when they would yell at me about that, and I said, "Well, guess what? Everybody in Congress knows what a Navy SEAL is." So when something comes across their desk to fund a Navy SEAL, they go, oh, that's cool. That's Charlie Sheen. I'm in. I go, no one knows who the fuck we are, which is why we don't have any money. It's why I'm using things from Vietnam still. That's true. It's why you guys don't even like we had one computer in our office when I was an airman. And oh, by the way, back then, there was no such thing as a firewall. Like you could go to any website you wanted to while you were at work. (laughs) It's a bad thing. That's why they put firewalls up there. Yeah, because of us. (laughs) There was some interesting email
2: content for sure back in the day. Uh, Stuff that was slightly inappropriate.
3: I do miss the reply all squadron emails when guys like Stefan Jorgensen and stuff would just chime into the entire unit. Like Those were some of the funniest things I've ever seen in my career.
0: Well, I could do you one better. better. That that reply all still happens except the distros have gotten bigger. So you have Air Force-wide emails where people are replying all or there's a for whatever a glitch and even though somebody's just hitting reply it still replies all and it shuts down the entire sipper or nipper network. So that still happens. That just happened last week, actually, (laughs) uh, with Nipper. too funny, too (laughs) funny. But yeah, so welcome, welcome to the podcast. Uh, It's been a long time coming. I know we've talked about it a couple of times. We've had to reschedule. So definitely appreciate you taking the time out because I know that you're, you're busy with Black Rifle. You're busy racing cars. Um, You're still, and one one of the things that I definitely want to talk about was how, like, you've, you were active duty. When did you end active duty? 2014, November 3rd. Okay, so you, so 2014, you you ended active duty, and then you went guard. And you stayed guard for a little bit, but then you you stopped that.
3: So that was you're still one of very interesting piece there. If you want to expand on the whole why and what go for it. was going down there, um, go for it. So uh, it it is, it's, it's kind of a, and this is a testament to how things have changed now because they're finally working for us rather than against us Uh, because this was a big black eye on the air force back then. Like they, they, when I was an instructor in 2011, you know, the a did their road show uh, with, with their staff that essentially that was kind of the, opening the doors of of uh, behavioral health. So they came out and they pulled all the instructors in an auditorium and they briefed us of, hey, this is kind of when they first, and this is 2011, it was like, all of a sudden they went, oh, God, we've been at war since 2002 and our sociopathic murderers are starting to not be able to come home and not be what we told them they need to be. <laughs> So, so that was when they started preaching the whole, Hey, these, there should not be a stigma with these organizations on base. We encourage you to go like yada, yada, yada. And at that time I was at a, I was at a breaking point, you know, 2000, January, 2010, we had lost Brad Smith. Uh, Later that year, we lost Danny Sanchez and Danny Sanchez was somebody that I spent every other day with so it's like yeah you have those guys that you knew or a guy that was in your unit or a dude that was in the army that you served with for for a few months or something but now here's somebody that i saw every other day i did we skateboarded we played music we you know our group of friends in fort walton beach back then was so much fun and it was it was a riot. Like we were all still kind of skater punk rock kids that listened to Blink 182, played music in the living room and and just raged. Um and then shortly after that, you know, we lost uh Colin Tal, which is a Tack p from the 14th ASOS that had just got pickin- picked up for ST. These were all people that I that I was with every weekend, you know, as a young kid and stuff like that. So it was just it was piling on one after another and so i finally decided like all right i'll listen to what they said i'll go in so i go in do the the first few meetings i wasn't a fan because back then again they didn't have the resources they sit you down with a someone with a social worker degree like i, I the first time i sat down was with some woman and i asked her her credentials like who are you and why am i why what am I gonna gain from speaking to you? Well, I'm a social worker. I'm like, you know nothing about war. You know nothing about what we experience. And what what the fuck do you have to offer me? Like you're gonna tell me what you read in a book or a theory that you have? Like, I am a huge, like, hard foot in the sand with people that are theory versus reality. Everybody loves to brief some fucking horseshit idea that no, that doesn't work in reality. And this was kind of one of them. It was like you have zero experience in warfare. You have zero, you, everything that you're going to tell me is is from a book. So I'm sh- already shutting down. So they ended up moving me to another, a, an actual doc, an AFSOC doc. That's where I finally got some real, like where I felt comfortable and headway and things like that. Well, right off the bat, he just throws prescriptions at me. Like, oh, we're man. putting you on this. We're putting you on this. We're putting you on this. And oh, by the way... As an instructor, I am in this gray area hold medically because I do not have to maintain a class three flight physical. I came from the 14th ASOS, so I I had a flying physical, but as an instructor, I'm not a jumper, so you don't have to maintain it. You have to maintain a a general PHA that any normal Air Force person has to have. Well, while I was an instructor, they created the GBC, the Ground-Based Controller Physical, But we didn't have to abide by it. So upon leaving the schoolhouse, which was a four-year tour, now I have to go to a unit and I have to get re-medically qualified. And as I walk into flight medicine in Holloman Air Force Base, which is an RPA base, so you already the flight docs are just dealing with RPA pilots. And the flight doc opens my record and is like, oh, no, you have you have things in here that disqualify you from the GBC. I'm like, all those things in there are because of the job I was doing the last fucking decade. So I told her right then I go, you're wrong and I'm going to prove you wrong. And she, she got all uppity and, and, and it got into this kind of yelling match me and a captain. I walk out, you know, luckily at the time I was I had my film and design firm that me and Gary Stevens started in Fort Walton Beach called Botsta Collective. So I had a very big network in the in the tactical and kind of aerospace space. Um, so I got on the phone with a guy by the name of Gary O'Neill, who he was a, a Army Ranger, Hall of Famer, uh retired chief warrant officer, seventh group guy, amazing dude. Um He knew the governor in New Mexico, which Holloman air force base was in New Mexico. So we got on the phone with him. I told him my, my story. Hey, I was told by the air force to go get help. They put me on medications, which I subsequently pulled myself off of and cleared for one year, which they said was the requirement. When I went back to go get a physical, they're telling me I can't have it. So here's, here's where we're at. You guys tell us to go get help. We get help. And then all of a sudden you're saying, Oh, you can't do this anymore. So it, Caused this massive explosion inside the med group of Halloween to the point where the med group commander, the O six was the only person allowed to talk to me. If I went to Holloman for medical and in that process, they sent me to Wright Patterson air force base for the, the whole week long, like eval to see if we'll give you. And again, I'm the fucking guinea pig for J right now, because this is kind of the first time that they've, had to create or write waivers for these medications and these these diagnoses and things like that. So I go up to write Pat and it's supposed to be a five-day evaluation. Two days into it, they're like, yeah, no, we're good. Here's your waiver. Here's your class three flight physical. Here you go. You're You're reinstated. Now here's where the problem is and here's how fucked up everything is. That took 28 months to happen From the time I set foot at the seventh ASOS to the time that I had my class three flight physical. Now, if you understand and know JTAC regulations, I was was a non current JTAC (laughs) for four years as an instructor, despite never leaving the career field and teaching this shit every day. I I busted my 60 months, which the reg was written in 1991 for break in service. Meaning, if you left the service for more than 60 months, you had to reaccomplish all your JTAC training. I didn't do that. I was in an instructor role that just, there's not enough money and time for us to maintain a green currency while you're teaching at the schoolhouse. So now I'm fighting that regulation saying, because they're telling me you need to go back to JTAC QC. I said, absolutely not. Here is my diploma from that. I am not going back to a five and a half week course to get the same thing that's in my hand because you guys are idiots and you cannot interpret a regulation creatively and problem solve with the situation base knowing, hey, look at this. So that's when I kind of like threw my hands up all at the same time. Article 15 clothing had been had been taking off, but I was still two feet in. I always made my unit knowing that they were first with everything that I was doing on the side. I did things on the side because I loved it. I loved getting off work and I loved creating. And so I spoke to our CFM at the time. They weren't letting anybody palace chase. I pled my case. I I had secured a job with... The, the national guard to be the west coast battlefield airman recruiter. And that was going to be for combat control, PJ, SR and, and TACP for the entire west coast. And that position was an extra position in the Washington state national guard that the 116th ASOS had essentially built the requirement and created this position so the recruiting squadron had an actual beret wearer that would always be the liaison between the battlefield airman career fields and and the air force the guy that ran that was a senior master sergeant and he was awesome like he ran recruiting for the west coast of of it's a Washington National Guard unit but he had the entire west coast that was pretty much Washington, Oregon, California, Nevada, Arizona and Idaho. Um so him and I had an amazing relationship and we talked a lot prior to me getting told that I could have that position. You know, I had already had I was working with guys at the Guard Bureau about waivers for 18 series seals. Um I was I was talking to a lot of LA SWAT guys about hey, This job is in the National Guard. So my goal from coming from the schoolhouse, especially in 2013, 14, when demand was so high for deployment operations, how can I take somebody off the streets and have them qualified and ready to deploy as fast as possible? I need to pull from prior experience. That is my quickest path. So my whole mission and the conversations I was having with that senior master sergeant was... I'm going after prior service people first. I'm not pulling in off the street airmen because this is my fastest way to have deployable assets for for these units. And he was like, dude, you're the only one that I've ever heard get it like this. So let's go. So my CFM on active duty approves me Palace Chase, which was unheard of then because he knew this role that I was about to roll into. And it was it wasn't just going to be for the guard. I was going to be pumping recruiting materials from the film side of my expertise into the career field for a masses. So everybody was, was happy with this until about two weeks before I ETS, (laughs) the senior master Sergeant that hires me. And I have had this relationship with and a plan and everything dies at his PT test from a heart attack. Yes, this is one (laughs) story. So, so I had a report no later than date to Washington state of December 12th. That was when I was supposed to get to, to Washington, sign into the recruiting unit, take my role and start working. I had already had an agreement with him that the following year in October, I needed 30 days off to film range 15. He was like, absolutely. This is the greatest. This is going to be a huge PR event. We'll we'll throw it because it's going to be filmed in LA. So we're going to have it. He was like, absolutely. This is awesome. He loved every idea. Like he was he was excited. He knew the value that all these things could bring. And that was that. So I get a phone call. My ETS date is the, the, the 3rd of November of 2014. That is when I'm out of active duty Air Force. So that morning... I get a phone call from this E7 up in, up in uh, Washington state. And he was like, Hey, uh, yeah. Are you going to be here tomorrow on November 4th? And I'm like, no, he was like, well, that's when you're supposed to be here. I go, no, my report date is December 12th. My, I mean, my TMO doesn't even come to pick up my stuff until like the 25th of November. Like, are you kidding? Like he was like, no, no. You're going to need to be here tomorrow. And I'm like, well, I'm in El Paso and I'm not going to be in Seattle, Tacoma tomorrow. He was like, well, you're going to have to be. So I like hang up the phone and I'm confused (laughs) at first. And then I'm like, and and by the way, this is the guy that has taken over for the dude that hired me. So I call him back and I go, hey, real quick am I going to be the battlefield airman recruiter for the West coast? He goes, no, you're just going to be a normal recruiter. I go, well, oh. that wasn't, that wasn't oh, what no. I was hired for. He goes, yeah, well that position is going away. And I go, okay, am I going to be able to take 30 days off next October? He goes, absolutely not. I go, all right, I'll call you back. So I call Lou Santiago chief master and Lou Santiago of the One Sixteenth ASOS, my best friend, Ben Santiago's bro- older brother. And he, mm-hmm. uh, He is the chief. Yeah, you know Benny. (laughs) Everybody knows Benny. Party boy. He's party Ben. He's yeah. (laughs) Old party Ben. One of the greatest tech peas ever, you know, with as a party. Um, so Lou is the chief of the one sixteenth ASOS. Lou also helped me this whole process to get into this recruiting position. Like he's been my guide for this. I call him, I was like, Hey, they just replaced uh uh, the, the the guy that was in charge like he's telling me i'm going to be a normal recruiter he's telling me like i can't do anything that i had built all this plan for and lou goes hang on a second and he was like hey skype me in like 20 minutes i was like okay so i skype him and he has the commander in the room and he's like we're enlisting you into the, the, the National Guard right now. So that he holds the paper. I hold my hand up. I'm in a, I'm in a restaurant, like a Mexican restaurant in El Paso with Leo Jenkins, the, uh, the author, <laughs> the ranger. And I, I enlist into the Air National Guard as a traditional guardsman now. But by the way, this position was an active guard slot. So I was moving from active duty to active guard, meaning I would have worked the regular normal military five days a week, you know, however it is. And so he, he faxes. I'm right next to a UPS store faxes the contract. I sign it, fax it back. He submits it to the MPF in, on uh, camp Murray. And we get a confirmation like within an hour, boom, you're enlisted into the air national guard. So homie calls me at five o'clock that evening. Like, all right, yeah. well, uh, did you, uh, did you get everything straightened out? And what time am I going to see you tomorrow? I go, Oh, you're not going to see me tomorrow. He goes, Excuse me, Sergeant. I was like, Yeah, you're not going to see me. You're not going to see me tomorrow. You're not going to see me ever, actually. Uh, and he was like, Uh, you mind explaining? I go, I, I actually, I'm actually in the 116th ASAS now. And, uh, if you want to go call Lou Santiago and bitch, like, you can, but fuck this. Fuck you. I'm out. Like, <laughs> hung up. And so. <laughs> He calls, I guess he calls Lou fucking, what the fuck? He's like, uh, I'm sorry, man. Yeah, he's in the 116th. Uh, you can fuck off. Like, <laughs> and that's how I joined the Air National Guard in 2014. Well, I really did just did try
0: to skip it? over all that. I had no idea that it was that <laughs> contentious.
3: It was a
2: saga. And I'm scared to take oh, a PC test. and to test. complete the and circle.
3: Yeah. So as... As I'm in the unit, by the way, which the 116th is the most phenomenal TACP unit I've ever been in. I, I tell people that ask me what it, they, they always ask, what was it like going guard? I go, going to a guard TACP unit was what you had in your head in tech school of what a TACP unit was. It's awesome. Everybody's, everybody loves each other. Everybody's fucking friends. Everybody wants to be there. Everybody wants to train. Everybody wants to do more. Like, it was the most positive and fun experience I've had. You know, I, I, spent almost four years there and it was, it was phenomenal or about three years. Uh, but they are the greatest. The Huskies are, are, are hands down the greatest TACP unit that, that we've ever had. Like they have, they have everything figured out. They're sharp as shit. You know, I had one of the greatest commanders I've ever had by the name of Rad Gaikas. Uh, that's a whole nother saga of stories <laughs> with him. But he was a Kiowa pilot that 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 got out after 10 nice. years, went to work for Microsoft for about two months, said, fuck this, and saw a brochure to be an ALO and was like, I'll do that. <laughs> like, So we essentially just had an army commander. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> Which worked out really nice. Um, but the 116th, their chief JTAC guy and their C, they heard my cries of calling stupid on the reg. And they were like, okay, we're going to fix this. So 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 then they were like... Here's how we do it. We're gonna give you five evals. We're gonna give you five evals from nobody in our chain of command. So they called Fort Campbell and they had they had a guy from from the nineteenth uh, ASOS, I believe. That's right. Is that right? Nineteenth in Fort Campbell, maybe. Twentieth is sure, Fort Drum, yeah, Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. So 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 their evaluator came out, gave me a JTEC eval. Then I got evaled by a Brit JTEC C, Lenny. Then I got evaled, uh, by a Canadian JTAC I. Then I got evaled by a Marine 04 JTAC C. <laughs> and then I finally got evaled by our own 116th JTAC And they, they, they grabbed all these evals, five back to back ones and they sent it up to, to half and was like, can you guys please cut the bullshit? We do not need to send this guy back to JTAC QC. Here you go. He passed five evals, none of which we, had, you know, you know, we had no fucking stake in this. And uh they were, we were on the cusp of getting to an answer to that by the time. But by that time, it, I was, I was like about to get out and it was, it was time. So we just kind of gave up. So I never, I never got a, a kind of, you know, closure on my JTAC saga. Maybe, maybe, Damn. maybe they'll give it to me now, like, as a, like, for fun. When Not you, if I got anything still... to
0: say about it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> You're never getting what the patch, trip? that's for sure. <laughs> no,
2: no. Well, uh, I, it's just funny that this whole saga started because you made the mistake of being honest, you know, with a doctor. And I know, like, that's yes. probably the story that, like, spawned the the entire community's response where you never go to the doctor and tell the truth. You know, like, that's been, like, the rule for my entire career. You never go to the doctor and tell the truth because it's just one of those sticky things. And I think it's gotten a little bit better, but still, like, I'm on the process of, like, starting to lean towards retirement. I go to the doctors, and I'm like, yeah, I've never said this before because I wanted to keep doing my job. So now I'm going to I'm gonna lay it all on you, you know?
3: Yeah, and I, I can definitely say it's getting better now. Like, because yeah. now they finally realized, oh, man, like, we... We were liars. Like and yeah. they got they kept getting caught lying, 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 lying. And so now they can't so now things are definitely better. They're not as good as it can be because again, like the inherent problem with the military is we like to use whiteout. Meaning we open our books and our regs and we just we update a couple things and that's it when We should be throwing that thing in the trash and rewriting it like there are so many times in my career that I said, we need to change this reg. And somebody said, you can't change a reg. I go, yes, you can. We wrote it. And also, it was written before anybody had ever done unconventional warfare in Afghanistan or Iraq. Nobody has done casts like this. Nobody has had to employ air power like this. So why are we chaining ourselves to things that were written in the 90s? Like I, the Marines, the one thing I'll give the Marines, they show up to J pub rewrites yep. with a fucking army, and that is yep. why they have completely changed cast regulations because we blow that thing off. Like, oh, oh man, there's a J pub rewrite. Who's uh, who's who's in trouble? Send him. Like,
0: <laughs> well, they also meet the week prior to like they all come with a shared message like they are on the same page so if i ask this marine major or i ask this marine gunny like verbatim it's almost like they got a play card that they pull out and they're like oh look at that um this is the they, answer. they figured you know, out how sh- to
3: make the changes they want and they got all yeah. of them like that's why and they, they every time that's why you guys are reading the goddamn what is that fucking thing the battle rhythm or whatever the the, the, the play-by-play now it's like cascade. That, that was what a fucking about? marine thing <laughs> god damn it marines you fucked up the j-pub <laughs> after
2: after you just gave him credit for it too for being good about it
3: no there's, I, there's I said so they're good about changing it they know how to change it i didn't say the changes were for better like sometimes if, it's if a swing anything, and a miss their their changes are 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 going are the ones that are opening the doors for the army to have their own j-tax and never need us again
0: well, they, yeah. like, they love that game plan stuff. Nice.
3: The game plan.
0: <laughs> that's what it's called. I mean, that's what it's called. The game plan. That, that was
3: their idea. I know. And I don't like. My last, the, the last time I controlled and they're like, is it a BOT or, or BOC? Went, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. It has been yeah. a while for you then.
3: <laughs> Listen, I remember when Keyhole was new. <laughs> it's <was> provocative. <laughs>
2: <laughs> a lot of Jay tackery going on here. I don't know what to say.
3: I'm sorry, Trent. I'm sorry. We just, you know, he's a patch. I think patches are nerds, so we're just kind of like going for that. <laughs> 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 we're gonna, we're gonna like do I- a, we're gonna do a massive four hour AAR after this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I but- didn't really get to interact with patches at all because that all happened after. You know, you, you, you went through the first course in what? 11, 12.
0: Yeah. I, I got there in 11 and then we validated yep. in 12.
3: Yes. So then after that, like we got our first patch at the seventh, right? As I was leaving and they're really, you know, we had a weapons and tactics shop, but it wasn't very good. Like, like it wasn't. What it should have been, like what patches turned it into, and then after that, we didn't get one until I was leaving the one sixteenth, so I never got to like really see what they implemented and how they did it, so kind of sad I missed it, but I was happy that 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 whole thing got like you guys really really championed something that we never thought we'd see, you know because the officer love the officers love to hold that thing so dearly. <laughs> Yeah, it, it happened. So we, we got it. I, I, I do
0: want to pause, though, because I know Trent really wants to hit this. And I think it's oh. important because I know I know what he's about to highlight. And I want to make sure that it gets out there because I, you brought up something that's really important. Press Trent. I
2: was just going to talk about the responsibility of uh, reg interpretation and how do we have the reputation for being Cowboys because we don't always follow the rules. But the the. the what the people don't see is the second and third order effects of, of following the rules or trying to follow the regs. And what we were doing is going out there and just to get the job done. And so like the, the inability for certain people in, in uh, positions of leadership to interpret the regulations and do things that are, that are common sense kind of put us in the hole for a long time. And now people are like, well, you guys don't even follow the rules. It's like, well, the rules don't make any sense. So like this is, there was like this 20 year cycle of, of things going on. And then it's just, you paint the entire community as a bunch of cowboys. When the, the, that community was the ones, we were the ones out there getting the job done. I
3: was just, but I always fire back, Trent, with somebody. There, somebody wrote that rule, and that person yeah. wrote that rule without without uh, a perspective that we have now. So for you to think that right. that rule, like like I will go up against anybody all day long that is just a book person because I'm I'm a creative problem solver. I look at something yep. and go. There is no walls for me on this. How would I fix it? Whereas people that are just robotic and can merely follow a checklist, those, those people will fail and they will fail with a mistake that has already been made before. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. but I mean we've, we've all had that experience where you have that leader that is more like the creative problem solver, right and is willing to interpret things and get things done and changed. Uh, for the betterment of their people and for the you know mission success, versus that person that pulls out the checklist and is like, ah, eh, per you know paragraph four point six, like we can't do that anymore. And it's like that's not that's not written in stone. That didn't come off the Mount Sinai or whatever. That's just guidelines that are flexible or should be flexible.
3: Or should yes, they should constantly change. I mean, let's take Reds for example. When you first came in, Peaches Reds were a completely different monster like i yep. i remember we were going off of the 2001 uh jpub when i first came in and the the 0.1% pi of a gbu12 was like 325 meters okay what did that change to in the 2008 rewrite it was like 180 like we because we started doing it like Because we had so many iterations of JTACs dropping bombs closer and closer to themselves in a danger-close situation, we realized that it was indeed a little bit safer. Granted, the TBI effects probably aren't great. (laughs) Might be paying
0: for that now.
3: (laughs) Yeah, we're paying for that in the long run, but you weren't getting fragged and you weren't getting blasted. (laughs) That's valid.
0: valid. (laughs) Yeah, the... uh, the just taking a step back, just a little bit, and, and I don't necessarily want to get stuck on it, but the 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 POTIF now, you know, the preservation of the family and the force or the force and family, whatever it is, like SOCOM has recognized that and is trying to do better by the operators out there. As in, like I have noticed, at least since 2018, when I started going to the doctors, um, you know, and being honest at that point, things. Like, I don't think that I've been de-niff unless it was for some kind of medication that they happen to give me. But even then, it's like, okay, well, it's, it's temporary. And why are we deniffing for something that shouldn't really uh, affect? So for people that, because I know that we have thrown out a lot of acronyms in this, the NIF means that I I can't I can't jump, I can't dive, I can't control that kind of stuff. So essentially, I can just work out and I can go shoot, or I can drive or something like that. You know, I can't actually do the full every aspect of my job. And there are certain medications or certain injuries or whatever that will prohibit you from doing that. So that's our frustration with it, and that's why folks don't. Uh, are they aren't completely honest when it comes to the doctors because they're afraid because the mentality that all of us have are don't keep me from training don't keep me from deploying don't keep me from doing my job because i will do everything that i possibly can to get out the door and go do what i was trained to do and what i came in to do and yeah but now it's I got also forever other-
3: those regulations though were written for somebody that's sitting by themselves in a cockpit and yeah. that's the problem is they weren't flexing to us. I mean, remember when they would make us nope. ground test medication as if like we're going to fall asleep holding a ruck? like um, that doesn't damage yeah. anything. We just fall over like so you're taking a reg that was written for a, a guy sitting in an F-16 flying along and you're applying it to one of us who is rucking around with a with a rubber duck or a rifle. And it's like, no, we don't need to do that. And nobody ever stood up and just said, hey, this is kind of dumb and pointless. Like yep. I felt like I felt like an like like I was a a loner all the time in the military because I'd always be like, wait, what? Why? Like, did anybody ask why? Because I don't see like you guys are just adopting a blanket, you know, one person shits their pants, everybody wears diapers approach to leadership.
0: Well, what about what about the JTAC program? The JTAC program followed aircrew stuff. Yes. Right. Because it like, it was modeled after the air crew stuff when even now, like when I was at SOCOM at the headquarters, I would argue like a two, two half and, and the, the Jcast community is like, Hey, we, we've got to get away from this air crew mentality on JTAC stuff. Like just for the 18 month and the 24 month stuff, like, or, you know, it's just.
3: It's frustrating. I mean, even, and it like, even currency, because here's like this. Here's what's frustrating. We do not, we do not do a good job at taking data and then adjusting everything based on the data. Okay. So we look at 20 years worth of war from 2001 to 2021. And we had how many actual legit Air Force JTAC fratricide incidents? I think we have four. Is that correct? That sounds about right. Yeah. Okay, so we had four frat incidents out of how many sorties flown? Oh my God. <laughs> All right, so let's look at that data now and run that percentage and go, okay, maybe a night live and a laser control every 90 days is a little too much. We've got some wiggle room. Like- <laughs> So all this
0: money... Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That is how it's always been, and that's how it will remain.
3: But that's what I mean. ACC coming back and saying, we don't have the cash, gas, and asses to sit in the seats and fly for you every fucking JTAC three times every 90 days. Like, great. Let's look at our data, pat ourselves on the back that, hey, we did a good job for to fucking... 200,000, 400,000. God, how many employments had happened in 20 years? Like, I would love to know that number. We did good. All right, now let's look at how we become more efficient with our regulation. We maintain our training standard, but we also modify currency because it's not necessary. As long as you're going through the motions and things like that, the SIM is a prime example. Very, very good and useful tool to keep somebody sharp, keep somebody going uh a rotary ring a- rotary wing aviation another very good tool that keeps you sharp, mm-hmm. keeps you on point, keeps you following the checklist like are we safe? are we safe like that's that that's one of the frustrations. It's like there's no efficiency based model for us to go okay. How can we how can we maintain and do this job based on the data that we can analyze now over the last 20 years? All valid.
2: Well, there's a there's a, a gap right between problem and solution and then the, the inability to forecast second and third order effects, just like when they came to you that identified a solution after what, eight, 10 years at war that these guys have, you know, psych issues. And they rushed to a solution. They said, "You should go talk to these people. It's not going to affect your career." Without actually following through and and working through the second and third order effects with you, you know what I mean? Like they, they gave you the solution and then just like let you go out there into the wilderness alone and, and figure out what was going to happen and not not follow through with uh, the second and third order effects mitigation.
3: Yeah, Does that no, makes sense. One hundred
2: percent right. To anybody like,
3: but no, it but was it, it, also it going was back. Key e nines that if I didn't have them, like, and if I didn't know how to, like, if I wasn't constantly talking to everybody, you know, that was the one thing that was on my side for that whole thing is I had Ivan Rankin and I had Pedro that were both like, oh, fuck no. Like, so I had two E9s that were ready to to go to war because I presented it to in a way that was ironclad. It's like, here, here was what, they said, "Here's what I did, and here's now what they're doing." And they're like, "Well, we can't argue with that. All right, we're with you."
0: Yeah, and yeah. we've got to be more open to change.
3: Like we really do. We really do. And, the, and even well, now, the problem, like it's it's ego based decision making. Like Trent was talking about it earlier. Like how many times have we watched a decision be made strictly on ego because somebody wanted the credit? somebody wanted it to be their idea or somebody didn't want to see another unit or another beret or another person succeed rather than themselves. Well,
0: that, that goes right into who like, man, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but is there a more talk? I'm, I'm going to, cause that's what I do. But uh, is there a more toxic community to each other, to each other, than the veteran community i've seen more people more more active duty and veteran people hate on you and black rifle you evan dan holloway um tim kennedy friggin uh mike glover like name them right i've seen more people hate on you guys and i think it's all based off a of successor and, and and that's not to say that the, that you know, somebody hasn't been wrong in the past, but it's like, why can't you be happy for somebody's success? We've been on the the same receiving end of hate Mm -hmm. from, from people, right? Not, not the level that you guys have yeah. mostly Aaron, but like, you know, um, (laughs) but I mean, like, I, I don't understand it. Like, why can't you be happy for somebody and go and provide feedback. That's fine. Provide feedback. Like, Hey man, kind of what you said here was, was incorrect. Or maybe you shaped it or presented it incorrectly. And this is the, the, the way moving forward. But other than that, it's just like, nah, man, screw those dudes. It's like,
3: well, I mean, I'll I'll answer that for you. Like, because over the last 10 years, I have had a very large purview of the internet. Like, I you know have managed 450 Facebook groups with 600,000 people in them like the the accounts and things that we have that have millions of followers or hundreds of thousands of followers so you're looking you're just looking at this giant perspective of like wide and I'll tell you what like it exists in every in every community like like us saying we're the worst to each other no i've seen it in every single one and i mean down the car community the the every single one there is the people that are trying new things and gaining traction over it like like look at hoonigan hoonigan is the largest you know car like I would say, like, channel, like, but also it's a lifestyle brand, and it's also, and they produce all this stuff. You know, they produce Jim Connor series, they do this versus that, they do all this stuff. But there's a giant portion of the car world and car enthusiast world that hate on them because counterculture is a, a way to be cool. when When you look at, you know, humans just are natural at, oh, everybody likes this. There's that guy that's like, well, I'm not going to like it, and I'm cooler because I don't like it. Like, and now here's my club. Like, so that I think spreads everywhere. And when it comes to the military, like, and you know, this everybody that you have, every personality in your unit that you've seen when you do something like this, like what you guys do by saying, Hey, we're, we're providing an informative tool to help recruiting and retention for people into our force. It's, it's the only thing of its kind. The guys that don't do that are going to piss and moan and whine. And they're going to, and they're going to, they're going to say how much better they could do it or, uh, you didn't explain this right or you didn't do that right. Despite the fact that they don't know what it takes to fire up the camera and set the microphone up and you only got a, a little bit of time. So you have to abbreviate certain things. You don't get to fucking just sit here for all day long and, and yap and explain and everything. So it's like, they're always going to shoot holes in this shit, but they, at the end of the day, they don't fucking do anything. Like, so it's like, great. Go, go do your own and then you'll see so it's like it's 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 coming back to my theory versus reality thing like everybody loves to say in theory oh in theory your show could have been better okay how where why are you gonna do it better no okay then you're just fucking piping off out a bunch of fucking theory look is <laughs> oh i would do it but i don't know how to i don't know how to do audio gear yeah none of us did at one point we just yeah, fucking bought we still it, and picked it up and plugged <laughs> it in and said, well, we'll see if this works. Like, so, so again, like, yeah, there is, there is this, like, there's a counterculture to think it's cool. And it's just because, you know, we, we're the ones that are, are, are putting things out. And at the end of the day, like, that's what people get wrapped around the axle so much. It's like, Hey man, all I like to do was film things that were funny. Like I'm a film guy. My room right there is full of every piece of film gear I've collected for 24 years. Because when I was 13 years old, my dad pushed me into skateboarding and as a skateboarder, that's what you did. You filmed the skate park and you tried to get sponsored. Well, I just kept doing that when I got in the military and I wanted to show people that TACP existed because no one knew the, 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 the most accurate, uh, tell like, like movie, uh, depiction of tack to date is in the army now with paulie shore
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah,
0: okay
3: what do you he has a mule it's the only movie with a mule
0: (laughs) i know i know i just yeah okay (laughs)
3: things you oh, didn't Polly think Shore. were going to be referenced on this show. Paul No, I bet he did. No. I'm sure he's watching too though. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, now, I think I, it's just it's frustrating though cuz like you see it in the, in the active duty side and, and outside of it and it's like you know like if you if you utilize your resources in your community like to get stuff done, you could get a lot done. You know and I think that's the problem though. Is you hear all this flack and you hear people complaining and you hear you know we're having a hard time recruiting and 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 you know, on our side of the fence, it's it's like, the well, you have resources, yeah. You're like, we're here to help, but like, there's just all these roadblocks and people. Anyway,
3: it's uh, yeah, it can be frustrating here's, at times. Here's what I could say that I've seen socially: we've changed in in 2003. As an E4, if I met a Green Beret, I would listen, and I would I would be excited to learn anything from that person. And I would respect it and it would be it would be an expertise. But here in 2022, someone that hasn't even been to basic yet or someone that got out after three years as a calf Scout will jump on Instagram and argue with a 20 year Green Beret about tactics and about how they know more or he doesn't know shit or your pistol is garbage. Like the Internet has given everyone the ability to spark an opinion without any sort of achievement. That's the biggest thing I see all the time. It's like, you want to fucking shoot holes in me? Great. You got a long way to go before you're even close to this level. Like, so, so start, start building those achievements and getting that experience. But if you want to come to the table where I respect your opinion equal to mine, you got a lot to do.
0: <laughs> I wonder though, if that is because we don't have the, like, it's easy to sit behind a keyboard or, or with your thumbs. And say stuff and forget that there's a person on the other end of it. you know, a person that has had you know whether they're their experience like that, what you're talking about or just a person that is maybe going through some shit or maybe has Tbis and 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 dealing with some shit. I, I don't like I don't know
3: I don't know what it is. I think it's just been the social curve of what it, it's attention. number one, like it's it's the addiction to attention. So social media has made everybody addicts to the, to the notifications. And if they can poke and argue or they get validated by, you know, one of us or Mike Glover, Andy Stumpf or anybody like responding back and fucking slaying them, then they won. Because look at me. I'm sitting in my living room. I couldn't run a mile if, if my life depended on it, but I can, I can talk shit to, To a guy on Instagram and look, 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 now everybody thinks I'm cool. It's like, no, it's the opposite, man. You make yourself look like a clown.
2: I will say there are times when I will look for when JT responds to someone's comments on like a post on Instagram. And I can like if I'm in the bathroom, I'm just like, I'm going to I'm going to run this thread because I'm like, you know, I won't stop.
3: Yeah. When you get going, I love it. I won't stop. Like, and that's the thing is these, a lot of these kids are new to the internet. It's like, man, I've been doing this since 2004. Like, let's go. Like I yeah. ran re- like, and that like in 2005, I created a site called air force crossroads. And that was uh, actually a way back then when I was deployed that a lot of deployed people could talk to their family members because it wasn't blocked yet on Nippernet because it was, I I had built it and it was a whole forum. And then eventually, uh, Another site, uh, bought it and picked it up and created Air Force Crossroads. I don't know what it is today. Um, but I also was one of the managers of the, the MySpace group USAF. And that was like me just slaying the dragon of, of security forces guys posting cool guy pics all the time and like just demolishing people. So it's like, dude, I've been trolling people on the internet for fucking two decades. Like. Walk into my web because I'm manipulating you exactly where I know that you will go. <laughs> hey,
0: one of the things I wanted to, to hit, and so that it doesn't seem like we're just talking, just bitching, but um, like you've been out for a while now, and you are still what what it seems to me is deeply involved with uh, with the tattoo with the TACP community. Um, like where do you find the time for that? And what are like, how involved are you? Or is it just kind of like a poor perception on my, my part?
3: No, I mean, I, you know, all my peers are the, the guys running the show. Now, Jim, Jimbo Spreeder, you know, Stefan Jorgensen just retired. He's one of my best friends. Clint Campbell's now seven Like command. I'm, about, Chief. I'm, like it's I'm
0: like, no kidding. Seeing him in about 30 minutes.
3: 30 minutes. Oh, Great
0: please tell him i said <laughs> hi
3: <laughs> are you at herbie or are you in washington
0: where are you no i'm in i'm in vegas now oh okay he's Ooh. out yeah he's out here visiting doing a site site visit and uh i'm meeting him and and daniels and, and yeah like, tell him yeah, i said hey it's more like an hour
3: but it's uh the thing is is like we just talk we talk and if there's something i can help with you know i was on I was on the phone with CZ yesterday. Like I talked to CZ like every three days. For those of you who don't know, he's our the senior uh, enlisted advisor to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Like, because like I know him, I've known him since 2005. And with his position, the one thing I know is I know how to message to the younger and mid-tier NCO audience and the things that they need like from so i love talking with him about hey you know here's how to speak to these guys here is the things they're saying you know i fill him in with what the kind of mid-range attitude of the active duty military person is because i have that purview with all the accounts and things that we manage i can see what is on people's mind you know the the airman uh nco senior nco air force page like watching what goes down in there and paying attention like <laughs> i actually sent cz something yesterday from that that they had wrote they had they had copied an email the commander was essentially telling everybody to lie to the general when they visited i was like hey cz uh throw this over oh to my the general Oh
0: gosh! <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's good though because yeah. it, when you when you got out right like you that's trent and i are corrupted right we're corrupted because we're like we are part of the problem now right i I'd, I'd like to think that we're not but i i have no doubt that there are there are things that i am you know stuck in my way about i try not to be i try and be very open about things and, and open to change but like i i'm probably part of the problem i i guess we'd have to ask people at the two and yeah. and at the weapon school right now i don't know well well,
2: it's a, it's a distance thing sometimes. You get too far away from like the, where the rubber meets the road and it can be difficult to see. It. And if you're not willing to listen to the guys that are down there grinding, you know, and leaving themselves on the road, then it, it, it's hard to, it's hard to, to know what the, the solutions are, what the problems really are. Because from a, a higher level, it's just, you know, it's all numbers and moving stuff around and it gets real impersonal real quick.
3: And put yourself in the space. Always put yourself yeah. in the space. Like sit there and exist it in exist in it and run yourself through a couple scenarios and go, this works or this doesn't work. Okay. Shit. All right. Here's why this won't work. Yeah. And on, and on the other side of that is like,
0: I am also constrained by what the air force, like the systems that the air force has in place. Like, so I will do my damnedest to try and help people out or fix somebody's problem. Sometimes like my hands are tied, you know, I, it's just the way it is that's bullshit it's not the way it is way it it's is. just sometimes, sometimes i can't well you're can't not manipulate king. the
3: change like, or i can't even though the change you are factor. an e9 you're not king and if we were king yeah, right. we could gavel down i mean even that even in my my business i'm one of the founders one of the owners there's still i can't just operate in a silo like yeah it it, it doesn't happen like so it's like yeah there's there are so many so many other things in play and you know <laughs> if we were a king for a day maybe maybe we could fix it
2: yep. or it get way worse you never know yeah or yeah or <laughs> would be crash. way worse yeah <laughs> yeah but like it's one of those things like I think one of the good things about our, our smaller communities is where I sit if I get like a phone call for example from a chief and they're like hey I have a guy here who's interested in getting orders or yada 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 like I know according to the Air Force, like I probably shouldn't talk to these people directly or whatever it is. But like I know everybody. I'll be like, hey, who has this guy's phone number? And I can call the staff sergeant and be like, hey, how did this conversation actually go? What do you really want to do? And like I think that's imperative yeah, but that you, that you right maintain those another, roots.
3: That's a failure of just us though. Because when you look at uh when you look at like the Navy and the way the Navy does a detailer A detailer calls an E5, an E6, an E7, an E8 and says, okay, here are the things available for you next. Which one would you, which one is your top choice and things like that? We never did that. That's a failure in the Air Force's part. Like the one thing that I, that I don't like about my career was I wanted to go to Germany and I wanted to go to Korea, but it didn't matter. No matter what I did, no matter how many deployments I volunteered for, no matter what no matter what I did, there is no way for anybody to ever give me the path to go to Germany or Korea. And that's kind of shitty. Like the Navy has it figured out. Let's just model their program and, but that's Mm -hmm. ego based leadership. Are you kidding? We're not going to, oh, we can't do that. I mean, we saw it in the middle of 2005, six, seven, when we went to the bucketed program of, of, of deployment cycles we took that from the navy because all of a sudden the air force went wait a minute the navy has been sending people on ship deployments their entire existence how do they do it let's copy it and put it over here because we don't know what we're doing given that, and processes are always good right like in theory
2: but if if you're not invested in your people, like you you shouldn't you should be way more invested in your people than you are in your own career. You know, like they they're not invested in you. You should be invested in, in everything that you have influence over. And so, whether or not the process exists, I think you you have to maintain that that sight picture that you're invested in everybody that you're you know have some kind of control over. i yeah yeah. Stop talking about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, no, that's good. Hey, JT, I, I know I, I told you beforehand uh, that we go an hour, and, and that's where we're at. So I want to be respectful of your time. And at the same time, like I said, I got to go meet uh, Colonel Daniels and Chief Campbell. So. <laughs> oh, he's gone. he gone. Oh, I okay. thought
3: this was a one's ready flag. I guess
0: it's a. Oh, he, did you hear that? He thought yeah, it was a one's ready, was ready, ready flag. Ready man. Oh, man. Well, you said <laughs> Is that, you that the one? I put it over here. And
3: someone's replaced it.
0: All right, we'll send you one, man. I sent you a shirt, but I mean
3: yeah, I, the BR, you know, the
0: black rifle ones are. That one are, feels really good. Yeah, I
3: like it's your shirt, soft. <laughs> well, thank you for finally having me on. Even though I know it kind of just bickering like you, hens. I <laughs> know. Sorry. You
0: would think that we had been avoiding it for some reason, but that's not the case at all. So we'll have to have you back on. I like I said, I know you're busy racing and all that kind of stuff. So um, we definitely appreciate I'll you giving, always a, giving time us Always have time for you guys. Cope. Cool. Well, we'll we'll hit you up and get you back on on at a, at a good time. So thanks for joining us, man. Awesome. Thank you guys.